Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This week, we'll hear from Pastor Nate Linseth in the series, Moving Forward. This first week on the series, we will hear him speak on presence. Now here is Pastor Nate. Wow. Come on. Wow. Wasn't that incredible? Great job, youth ministry and leaders, everybody that's gone. I just wanted to ask real quick, who has ever been on a short-term missions trip or just a mission trip in general? Would you raise your hand? Look, at, look around you. Portland Christian Center, this is the place to be right here. Come on, let's give it up. right. That's so cool. Love it. Um, speaking of missions, before we get too far, we have... Uh, a missionary um, who is going to be leaving here on Friday, and she's going to be going to an area, a sensitive area, where we really can't say her name um, or where she's going, uh, just for safety reasons. Uh, I think we all understand there are parts of the country that you can't, or parts of the world where you can't uh, let people know that, but she is here, and so we're not going to have the camera show who she is, uh, but would you stand, where, where are you at, right? I believe you are, where is she? There she is right there. Give it up for Hannah right there. Yes, and we're going to lay hands on her. Come on, we should give a big ovation. This is amazing. Come on. Yeah! Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and stay standing. Let's extend our hands real quick. Lord, we just thank you for our, our sweet lady in the Lord. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. First of all, you know where she's going. I thank the Lord she knows where she's going. Uh, but Lord, I just pray for protection. I pray for comfort, Lord Jesus. And I most of all pray that she would be dangerous for the kingdom, Lord. She would go forth, the gospel would be preached, lives would be transformed, people would be touched, and you would work in and through her. There would be miracles, testimonies, salvations. And Father, we just believe for a powerful harvest, and we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap. So cool. So very cool. Um, in case you didn't, didn't know, uh, today is kind of uh, Celebration Sunday, also known as Sunday Fun Day. Some of us need to remember that Sunday, every Sunday is a fun day. So we got to smile. Look at your neighbor, just smile. Some of us forgot to do that today. Let's just smile. There we go. Good, good, good. If they need to be reminded to have Tic Tacs, you can do that gently later. But... Um, I also want to remind you afterwards, please stick around. One of the things that um, we've just noticed that we've really enjoyed uh, since we've been here is that a lot of us have been hanging out afterwards and building relationship and family. That is so important. And so to value that, we brought ice cream. So 
I want to encourage you, if you parked over there, go get ice cream first. It'll be down below. We have ice cream trucks coming, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I've, we've already prayed the calories away, so don't worry about that. Just enjoy it and watch your body transform. It'll be good, so it'll be great. But just enjoy our time together. Um, one last thing, actually a lot of things to celebrate, but another thing I want to celebrate, um, that tomorrow is my wife's birthday. I love it. I could tell she, she's on the front row and she was like, I knew he was going to do that. I knew he was going to do that. So all I'm going to ask you to do is just to stand. You don't have to do anything else. And I'm going to sing happy birthday for her. Would you join me? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Maya. Happy birthday to you. Yay! Yes, we love you, Mael. Happy birthday. And uh, July is a big month for our family. Birthdays are that, but we just love Mael and celebrate her. And uh, we're just excited for all that God is doing. And I just feel prompted one more thing. Uh, this is not in my message. But I, as I shared earlier, when we first came here, God gave us uh, really a picture of people getting saved and transformed. And that's no, nothing new to PCC, that this has been a, a church of 98 years plus of doing that. But I just believe there's a new wave, uh, literally, of baptisms uh, that's going to happen here. Do you believe that with me? And I just think... Um, we're just going to believe, and just kind of as a sign of faith, we're going to uh, extend our hands toward the baptismal tank that our best days are right in front of us. And if you're kind of bold, would you come around with me? And we're going to put our hands on the baptismal tank, and I'm just going to pray as a sign that people are going to get saved. So, Lord Jesus, I just pray that today, Lord, the six people that got baptized, Lord, would just be the beginning, that there are going to be a harvest of souls that are going to be saved, transformed, and that there would be so many people that would come back to you and they'd be baptized in this tank. And we thank you for it. They would be moved from death to life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Very good. Cool. Thank you for praying with me. Also, last thing, who has their Bible with you? Come on, show. Look at that. Lots of Bibles. I just want to encourage you. Come to church with your Bible. Some of us are waving their phones at me. Uh, that's cool, yes, but man, there's just something about paper. I don't know what it is, but I just, I just love it. I think it's because it's a lot less likely that I'll get a text if I have a paper Bible, a lot less distractions. I haven't got a text message yet, uh, but you know, there was a time the first text message was the finger on the wall. So uh, maybe that will happen too. I don't know. Maybe that was, that was supposed to be a joke. Somebody like, really? No, that wasn't. <laughs> AT&T was not around back then. Don't worry. That was God. So um, yes, I would just encourage you to get your Bible. But we're going to be in Exodus chapter 33 in just a moment. But we're starting a brand new series today called Moving Forward. Moving Forward. And one of the things we believe very, very strongly is that in the kingdom of God, he is always advancing us. He always is advancing us. And where, where do I get that? He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, there's an advancing. 
And oftentimes people are like, well, what about all these different things that are happening that are negative? And I just want to tell you what the enemy meant for evil. God turns it around for good. He's not done. He's not done with you. He's not done with your family. And he's not done with Portland Christian Center. And so we're going to see an amazing harvest. And you and I, we get to be a part of that. So we're moving forward together. Now, what's important for all of us, if you've ever tried to move forward or go somewhere, is that you need to make sure you pack essential items. You take essential things with you. This is very um, obvious if you've ever gone camping. Who's, who loves to camp? All right, we got a lot. Oh, wow, lots of campers. How many of you, now listen to this, are glampers? All right, my wife, glampers. Raise your hand. Where are my glampers in the house? Come on. All right, I have some pictures of some glamping for you. This is what glamping looks like. All right? Okay, here's another picture of a glamper. Wow! I don't know, that, I don't even know what you call that. Okay, go ahead and go to the next one. Very similar, a little close-up of that. Look at that. Doesn't that look like fun? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't now that I look at it. That's more camping, sorry. Now, this one right here is um, uh, Ron Stokes' RV. I just took a picture in front of his house. <laughs> He's got a helicopter just in case. You never know. But you know, whenever you go somewhere or you're on a journey, you have to make sure you pack important things. And oftentimes, you don't realize how valuable something is until you've forgotten it. Have you ever had those moments where you're just leaving the driveway and you realize, oh, we forgot that, and you got to turn around? It's obviously the further away you go, the more of a hassle it can be. And you realize how important it is, depending on how far back you're willing to go. Case in point, my brother and I were going to a bachelor party for my cousin at the Gorge Amphitheater. If you remember where that Gorge Amphitheater is, it's beautiful scenery. Um, but we stayed on some sand dunes with a big group of guys um, just below. And we get all out there, and we had to actually take our boat and haul all of our tent supplies, everything. So it's pretty remote. We get there, we set everything up. It's the middle of the night, about 11.30, um, and Nick, my brother, goes to uh, look for his bag, and he can't find his bag. And we realize that it had fallen out of the boat in the middle of the night. And so I'm thinking, oh, it's okay. You know, you can borrow my swimsuit. We'll be, you know, we're guys, right? There's no, nobody else but guys are here. Um, if it doesn't fit right, no big deal. And he, he was like, you don't understand. I, I can't stay here. I have to go get something very important. And I was thinking, man, what could be so important? I mean, come on, toughen up, buttercup, right? I mean, you got to be strong. And turns out, in his bag was his inhaler. He has asthma, like severe asthma. There's many times when he was a kid, we'd have to take him to the emergency room because he couldn't breathe. So we're looking at each other, and I said to him, do you think you could make it? And he goes, not without oxygen. So we ended up having to go all the way out, and we had to choose between Ellensburg or Moses Lake. And we chose Ellensburg. Nothing was open. So we had to go the other way to Moses Lake. We got back to the camp about 4 in the morning. 
with an inhaler. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how you can go through life and everything is going smoothly until something essential is taken away and everything else stops? As we go forward together, Portland Christian Center, in case you're brand new, I want to welcome you. Everyone online, welcome in the house online. In case you're just new to the party, um, this is like our fourth Sunday here as your new pastors. And it's been so fun. And we're loving it and excited about all that. And one of the things that we get asked a lot um, is where are we going? What, what direction are you taking uh, the church, Pastor Nate? Where, where, are we, where are we going? Because oftentimes people will ask us lots of, lots of questions, and I think they're good questions. Maybe you've, I, have, I made a list actually. Check out these questions. Um, where are we going? That's a destination question, right? Um, which way are we going? That's a directional question. Uh, this is the question many teenagers asks, ask. This is what a lot of people ask. This is what they say. Uh, who's going? <laughs> Oftentimes it's more important about the, who the people are than where you're going. Um, a lot of people will ask, what's in my rear view mirror? Like what's the past? Are we honoring behind us? The people that have actually put the pews that you're sitting in, built the roof. A lot of people care about the past, right? And we honor the past. Another one that people ask the question is, uh, this is kind of a funny one if they do ask it, um, where are we? <laughs> In fact, one of the first things that a lot of leaders really struggle to help people understand is their current context. Their current context. As important as all of these questions are, and hear me clearly, those are all very important things that we're going to answer as we move forward together. As important as they are, there is one item that is even more important than my little brother's inhaler. It's so important that when God speaks to the children of Israel and talks to Moses, and he says, I need you to get going and go this way, Moses says, I'm not going without this one thing. And I would say to every single person here in this room, whether you have been here for one week or some people have been here 52 years, today's message is going to be, I hope and pray, a powerful reminder that this, without this one thing, if you try to go without it, you will be missing the whole point. Some of us here are like, what is that? Well, let's find out together. Exodus 33, you ready? By the way, anytime we read scripture, this is probably the best part of the message. Actually, it's not probably. It is the best part of the message. It's God's word. It says this in verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Pezzarites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey. Now, here's a, here's a key point. You ready? But I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. Did you just hear what God just said? <laughs> Have you ever been on a family vacation? Yes. 
and felt like that was going to happen to you with your parents? I can't tell you how many times my brother and I would get in trouble just because we were in the car too long. God is saying there's two very important things. If you want to talk about characteristics you don't want in your life or your kids or your family, you might want to highlight those two. It doesn't seem like he has a lot of, tub or a lot of tolerance for people that are stubborn and rebellious. I won't open up with altars just yet. Let's keep moving. When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. Now, this is important. They got those, the jewelry and fine clothes. If you remember the story, when God led them out of Egypt, God did such a great work among them that he actually caused the Egyptians to give them gold and fine clothes. Isn't that incredible? They were slaves. Now they're saying, go, and here's all of the gold. Here's all the jewelry. Here's fine clothes. Take it with you. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, you are a stubborn, <laughs> uh-oh, and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and fine clothes while I decide what to do with you. Bum, bum, bum. So from that time, they left Mount Sinai. The Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. I want to pause there just real briefly and, and help you understand the, the verse. So right now, God is outlining for them the direction they're going to go and how they're going to do it. And then what's interesting is the writer of Exodus, it's kind of like, have you ever been talking with somebody and they jump from thoughts? Like they have like a squirrel moment, right? This is what I call a squirrel moment in scripture. These next verses 7 through 11, don't think about 7-11. Oh, thank heaven. Just the verses, not the slurpees. God tells us something that doesn't seem to fit with the passage, but it's really important that we pay attention to it. This is what it says. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request to the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside of the camp. Wherever Moses went out of the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Wow. Okay, that's a powerful parenthesis. Here's why. You can tell a lot about a person by what they do with their time when it's their time. In other words, when you don't have children, a job that's working at that moment, your wife or your husband has said, you can do whatever you want. What you do with that free time speaks a lot about who you are because it's your choice. And Joshua says, he's gone. I'm going to go get close to the presence of God. Guess who got to be the next leader of Israel? The one who wanted to be close to the Father. Next verse. One day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. Now back to the story, right? But you haven't told me 
whom you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If this is true, and you look favorably on me, let me know your way so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Man, some of us need to hear that today. God is with you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. Did you hear what it was? What sets us apart? It's his presence. We can have the best lights, the best screen, the best pews, the best carpet, the best roof. All of it is for nothing if we don't have the presence of God. I want you to know I've been in churches. I've preached to 20 people. I've preached to 5,000 people. I've preached to 1,000 people. I've preached in rooms with beautiful places. Beautiful places. I was at a church. I won't name the name of it. There was over 5,000 people there. I got to talk. I've been to a place where the church was beautiful and there was only like 20 people there. Here's what I know. All of those things pale in comparison to a room filled with the presence of God. We're not coming to Portland Christian Center just to hear great music, just to see great friends, which we are doing all those things, just to hear great preaching, just to hear about baptism. Those are, not, those are all great things, don't get me wrong. But if we're not coming expecting to encounter the living God, then we're missing the whole point. Because there's something different when the family of God shows up. His presence marks us. His presence is what sets us apart. And Moses takes it even another level further. Listen to what happens. Then the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. Wow. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. His presence passed by. Would you close your eyes and lift your hands with me? I'm just gonna pray that you would have a revelation of the glory of God. Lord, I pray that your presence would come today. Oh God, I just pray that we would be hungry for your presence. May we not be satisfied with different things, God. May we not be satisfied with status quo, with just coming, with just doing different things. Lord, may we only be satisfied by your presence. We are hungry and desperate for you, God. Without you, we will go nowhere. Lord, we are gonna build this church upon Christ, the solid rock. 
And where your presence goes, that's where we're going. In Jesus' name, amen. My big idea, if you're taking notes, his presence sets us apart. Say that to your neighbor. His presence sets us apart. How does it do that? It changes your perspective. It changes your perspective. Exodus 33, 4 says, when the, when the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. You know, there are things in life that we think matter. There are a lot of things in life that we think matter, but if everything matters, then really nothing does. And we have to understand wise people know what really matters. And so what happens when they find out that God's going to destroy them if they don't change their ways. God says something powerful. You know what he says? Put away all the things that you think matter. Do you realize that sometimes God will ask you to remove something so he can fill it with his presence? In a cancel culture that we live in, in an area where there people are trying to deconstruct everything, my question to everyone who's doing that is, what are you going to fill your life with? You can deconstruct all you want, but you better find a way to put it back together or you're going to be ruined. Without the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, it's just without nothing. So it's all about him. This past week, I had the privilege to attend with Pastor Rick and my wife went down the day before Royal Family Kids Camp. Let's give it up for Jason and Angie. Would you guys stand real quick? And the team, if you went, would you stand? If you, if you went, everybody that went to Royal Family Kids Camp, would you stand? Come on, we need to clap a little more. That's so cool. Thank you. I was absolutely blown away. And, and the reason I put that in my message right there is a lot of times when we go camping, we think we need a lot of things. But I went and I saw, Mael told me, as they're going down, that they got a call and her and Sherry stopped by and they bought clothes for some kids that didn't have any clothes. And I got to meet kids for the first time that I've never seen before. And the thing that was different about that camp was the presence of God. These kids didn't care about anything else other than they were being loved. They acted out, sure but they were loved back into God's presence. And I told, the kid, I told the leaders there, I said, there's something different here happening at this camp. It may not be the most perfect facility. Doesn't have to have the best food. Doesn't even have to have a cabin. Some of them were sleeping in tents. You know what changed? It was their hearts because of the power and love of God flowing through each and every one of those people. And I want to encourage you. Sometimes God will ask you to lay things down so he can give you something greater to love people better. The question is, what is he asking you to lay down? And will you have the courage to give it up? In order to do that, you need his presence to change your perspective. The second thing that happens, your perspective changes. The second thing is you get a personal relationship with God. Do you realize how big our God is? I want to remind you just for a moment, if you look at this picture, go ahead and put that up on the screen. Some of you may have seen this. This last week, NASA took the deepest infrared image of the universe yet. 
Webb's image covers, covers a patch of sky approximately the size of a grain of sand held at an arm's length by someone on the ground and reveals thousands of galaxies in a tiny sliver of a vast universe. The God who spoke that into creation says, if you'll invite me, I will dwell in you. I will give you freedom. I will give you purpose. I will give you power. I will give you meaning. I will change your perspective. All you have to do is say, come and live in me. I lay down. I surrender my life. Isn't that amazing? Moses said it. I want you to personally go with me. I think a lot of people say, God, <laughs> I'm going my way. Why don't you just follow what I want to do? It doesn't work. What is the first thing God told the Israelites? Put down your jewelry. Put down your fine clothes. I'm telling you, go that way. Moses is like, okay, but you got to come too, because I'm not taking these people without you. So what happens? Their hearts get touched and they lay it down. A personal relationship with Jesus should be one of your highest priorities in your life. Everything else will flow from a pres the presence and power of God. So we have our perspective that changes. Personal relationship with Jesus changes. The third thing is that God reveals his purpose. I want to read two verses to you. Say purpose with me. Purpose. I said with me. Come on. One, two, three. Purpose. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. Some of you are like, oh, sorry, I made a mistake. No, no, it's all good. God reveals his purpose. Exodus 33, 22 says this, As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Now that phrase, pass by. As a leadership team, we, we worked on this message together, and Pastor Mael pointed out that this is actually a repeated phrase in Scripture where God says, I will pass by. In Mark 6, 48, Jesus is walking on the water. Do you remember the story? The disciples are in, in the boat, and there's a huge storm. Remember the story? And they see a ghost coming to them, they think, and it says, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by. It's, it's helping you understand that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And just like the disciples, what happens is, and just like Moses, what happens to all of us is that the purpose is for us to, for him to reveal himself and to summon us to faith. I'm going to say that again. The purpose is for him to reveal himself to us and summon us to faith. What happens to Peter right after he sees Jesus walking on the water? What does he say? Can I come out too? And guess what he does? He walks on water. Impossible. Not with God. Portland's going to be saved. Impossible. Not with God. There's hope for my husband, ladies. With God, all things are possible. There's hope for our kids. There's hope for your marriage. There's hope for this church. Why? Because nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Last thing that happens, the final P for all of you that were hoping it would be a P, the alliteration stands. 
power. Power. His presence sets you apart with power. The only way that you can love people who hate you is the power of God. Because Moses had such a personal relationship with God, God would empower him so much that his face would turn a different color and it would shine. The original glowworm was Moses. <laughs> if I could have the worship team come up, we're going to get ready to close in just a moment. I believe this so strongly. When you and I get to heaven, many of us are going to want to talk to some of the people that live the Bible stories that we've read about. Anybody else excited to ask them some questions? Like Moses, what was it like to see all that happen? David, what was it like to see Goliath fall? Samson, what was it like to have such great hair? I mean strength. <laughs> We're going to ask them all kinds of questions, but I, I want you to listen to this very carefully because this is probably the, the, one of the most important things I want you to catch in the message. I believe when you and I get to heaven, a lot of the people we call heroes of the faith are going to ask you a question. What was it like to have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit living on in you on a daily basis? They didn't get to live in the new covenant, folks. They're going to come to you and be like, what was that like? And I'm afraid too many of us are like Samson. We take his presence for granted. If you remember the story, his hair was not supposed to be cut. But Delilah tricks him and gets his hair cut. And it says that he went to kill the Philistines just as he always did. But what happened? His power was gone. Sin rend renders people powerless, doesn't it? But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. I think we've spent too much time worrying about how powerful the enemy is, and we forgot how great our God is living inside of you. I believe that with all my heart. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Would you stand with me? Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise one more time. Come on, let's keep clapping. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise. I think there's something happening here. If I could have the prayer partners come down just for a moment, all the prayer partners, and we're going to have a moment of prayer. Here's the question I have for you. What's going on in your life that you believe the lie that you'll be stuck with that forever? When I was a boy, my grandparents went through a horrible time. My grandpa, who was a Pentecostal pastor for many years, he was diagnosed with clinical depression, and he, he had 21 shock treatments, literally electrocuted to try and get his brain to rewire. He tried to commit suicide three times. At one point, he was so far gone that he thought my uncle and my dad and my aunt were the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit completely out of his mind. He couldn't even come to a church and sit because he had so much anxiety and fear, and he would just tremble. He was on medications, and he was struggling. So they had to live with us in our house for many years. And I remember my dad, during one of the darkest times when he was up at Harborview Hospital, my, 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 my grandpa, 
he would drive up there. He lived in Gresham, Oregon at the time. And he would walk the halls and he would pray and he would crawl out to God. And he had doctors say, your dad will never be the same again. And he would look at them and he would say, no, my dad will be saved. His mind will be restored. I'm believing until there is nothing left to believe in. I'm just going to go for it because his presence is all I need. So one day, a few years later, it was a Sunday night church service and we were just worshiping God and my grandpa was sitting back row about left side, just like that over there. And the song started to be played. And out of nowhere, he hadn't done this in years, he stood up and just raised his hands and started singing. And he was healed that night. Isn't that amazing? God completely brought his mind back. For the next nine and a half years, he served as our seniors pastor at Fairwood Assembly of God. Isn't that amazing? He laid hands on people. We saw miracles. He led choirs. He would sing. He'd play the piano. He, his whole life was brought back to him. And we even joked that he became the fastest driver we've ever seen. I tell you that today is because a lot of people believe you need a lot of different things. And I'm here to tell you, you need at least just one thing. His presence is what will set you apart. You need the presence of God. What is it that God is asking you to lay down so that you can have more of him? What is God asking you to lay down? Is it a sickness that you're struggling with? Is it your finances? Is it relationships? Is it your children, your grandkids? How about this one, your preferences? What is God asking you to give up so that you can have a greater encounter with him? See, today, I just believe there's freedom in the house. We just saw six people get baptized and testify to the goodness of God. So here's what we're going to do. One of the things that you're going to be totally, oh my goodness, just blown away by is the presence of God. And we're going to worship him and we're going to glorify him. And if you have any needs, would you come? You can even come right now. We'll start praying with you. But here's what I want to do. Would you just raise your hand as people are coming? Go ahead and come. There's people already coming out. Come on, come on down. We'll pray for you. Would you raise your hands and we're going to encounter Jesus today. We're going to encounter his presence. He's here. He loves you. Come on, saints, intercede with me. This is not a spectator sport. This is a participator sport. This is participation. Come on, worship team, come forward. We're going to sing a song. The spirit of the living God is here. He wants to move. He wants to move. Come on, lift your hands. Some of us aren't even engaging yet. Come on. This is your chance to experience God. Come on, call out to him. When was the last time you encountered his presence? Come on, where it was real, tangible, and you're never the same. You're going to come in one way and leave differently. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's worship Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com today.com.